because if there's not music, birds still sing, birds still babble, and you have a beat in your heart. So you, we all know that right. essentially, and I think people take away from that fundamental essence to make it their own, realizing, not understanding, realizing that it is already our own. Right. It's already a part of our makeup, and. I think so too. I think one of the, the one thing, even though we are mammals, I think the one thing that separates us from animals, like birds, bees, whatever, is the ability to make music and the ability to feel it and the ability to process it and sit there with logic and like overthink it or not think about it at all. And I think that's one of the greatest things about being a fan of music. And I think it's one of the best things about being human. Mm -hmm. The live spectrum of performance is truly one of the best, you know. You think about how many songs do you know? How many lyrics songs do you know? You know that more than anything else. More you. than anything else. I mean, Absolutely. music therapy, I mean, they found that people who have Alzheimer's dementia will remember songs right. more than their kids' faces. You know, people For who sure. have um, tics and quirks and stuff, they will be able to control tremors with, with music, with drumming. I mean, right. it's, 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 it's put differently into our brains. It's, it's, I mean, why do you think they make songs and, and rhymes rhymes which are songs which songs to, for to sure. make you remember the abc's to make you remember you know how to tie your shoes you know right. what i mean i mean for it's sure. crazy because i hear a song i'm like i don't know the song oh yes i do i know that oh i've heard this before you know what i mean it's right it's insane when you think about it and i think my friend uh he's an older gentleman he's like in his 60s he's like you know why there's all that gray matter in our head that's all that's where we start the music i was like i love that philip that's fantastic because for sure percent of he's like 10 percent of bullshit 90 percent music that's his life, you know what I mean? But, it is. You know, I was like, now, you've been in the live music industry for a really long time, working mm -hmm. for, like, ACL Live and years. different security mm -hmm. um, companies and doing live festivals. Yep. What is it about that that draws you to it? You know, you've been doing it for years. Like, I'm sure you have so many war stories, <laughs> <laughs> on that it's like i mean i could say the music but the music is always there you know it's the excitement it's the it's it's swat it used to be on on being the patron looking out and seeing the production value now with the scope of security and being on the other side it's looking out in the crowd and seeing the effect that it has the effect and effect you know what i mean like it's mm -hmm. it's it's feeling it getting goosebumps you know what i mean it's right. it's the community that sponsors it. it's not just the musicians that do it it's the no. patrons it's the people who go in and push the cases it's the people who does the lights and they all have to come together you know to do it and to do it and they all have to have a, a goal in mind that they go every which way to get there but the goal is the show and to see that and you know you're a part of it it's like i like feeling insignificant i love feeling like i'm this big i love right. it you know like reminding myself we're on a small planet mm -hmm. and, and the and it, that kind of scope you're one person making a difference for thousands of people you never know that you'll never see that you they never see you, you right do, they have no idea they you love exist. you you know right. um working as a, like at a venue is totally different than working at a festival oh for the, sure the oh for sure the feeling uh what you get from working at a place like ACL Live which is all-encompassing you know what I mean all you know they do the, the TV show they do the, the they do the everything festival. but they go into Bonnaroo where it's a whole different, and that's a camping festival, so it's a whole different realm of community. And hey, we're gonna carry each other. I mean, I'm, my, some of my best friends I'll have for the rest of my life. That's where I met my boyfriend. You right. know what I mean? It, it's and to see people who just help out each other. They call it the Bonnaroo Code, which Live Nation now owns the majority of Bonnaroo. So you know, 
but it's it's this code where we take care of each other we respect each other and we enjoy the music because the music is important the music feeds us for this year not having that especially right now especially right now mental illness is going to be a huge thing that they're huge. just starting to realize it's not depression because people can't get out of their house it's depression because they can't do anything Think that incorporates else. life living right you know live music right. is definitely part i feel of that. that too um and it, it's weird being in a in a live music town where all of that is gone mm -hmm. for the time being and and i i really think that storytelling and oral storytelling especially about rock and roll and especially about different genres of music is what keeps us going the hope that it'll come you know back. it's the hope that it will come back but it's the hope that knowing you survived it right. you know <laughs> like i have so many fucking stories where i was like i went to go see this one band and I didn't realize what I was getting into. <laughs> it totally got you know, there. one time I saw this emo band. They're now not. Uh, what are they? They're well. They're a very famous emo band. It's called Alkaline Trio. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't know if you know about them. So Matt Skiba now sings for the band Blink One Eighty Two. Mm -hmm. Blink One Eighty Two used to be its own pop punk level of royalty. That whole thing popped off. It dispersed, and now Matt Skiba, who used to be an Alkaline Trio is in Blink-182. I saw them at this nightclub called Limelight mm -hmm. before it went under in the pouring rain <laughs> in basically an old church oh, from wow. like, what, the 1800s maybe? Wow. On 23rd Avenue in Chelsea. Wow. You know, and they... They would play, and the back of the stained glass, it's pouring rain. They didn't even use special effects because the aesthetic was so fucking terrifying and so perfect right. for Alkaline Trio. All of us were standing there, and I bet you if I ran into somebody that was at that show, they wouldn't remember. They'd be like, uh... Well, I remember that it was spooky and it was beautiful and they, they played radio and that was it, you know? And it shows like that where the experience is so fantastic, mm -hmm. you know? So I wanted to ask you about that. Um, it's... With the experience, you know, like for instance, um, the first time I ever saw Tool, I'm a big Tool fan. I love yeah. Maynard, everything, yeah. he everything he touches is gold. Tool's first incredible. time I ever saw Tool... Um, I lived in Ohio, and I was going to be 18, and my birthday is 9-11, and really? my, my birthday, my 18th birthday was the 9-11, no and shit. my mother, when you went to concerts in Ohio, you either went to Cleveland or Columbus, and when you would go, there'd be hundreds of people that you knew, because the whole town would go, and I told right. mom, I want to go before they get to Ohio, I want to see them before anybody else gets to see them in Ohio. And Lateralis had just happened. Right. right? Were there Excellent that? album. Oh. One of the best. Yes. And One of my, the best albums. My mom asked my grandma if we could borrow her car. <laughs> and uh, so we went to the one in Indiana right before it. And we're, we're in this really low escort car and it's low to the ground. And my mom starts getting car sick. And, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, we have, you know, we got to go. Mom, come on. And we're driving there the day of the show. Um, because we, we left like 6 o'clock in the morning and so we go and, and we get there and mom's like I gotta lay down you know 
um, and it's raining the entire drive. And I'm, and this is outside. This is at the uh, Verizon Pavilion, so it's outside. I'm like, they're gonna. So it's a stadium. Yeah, it, was, it is uh, a stadium. It, well, it was um, a pavilion, so they have the it, they have the band under like a, a cover, and they have seats down, and then it has this, it has just lawn. It's kind of okay. like the 360. Okay. So it's um, so it's like an indoor outdoor yes. setup. But if the like you know if it's raining and it's lightning, they would cancel it. So I'm freaking out. Right. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is two days before my birthday. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're gonna cancel it. We get there, and I swear to God, we get there, and uh, Miss Shigna opened up for him. Fantastic band. They're great. Quarter of chameleons, oh, man. Dude, I was, All I day. was, and I had purple hair. I love sugar. And my mom had never seen to it. She loved the song Schism. She made me listen to that song like 20 times on the way there. I'm like, mom, <laughs> they got a lot of other songs. She said, I, I like this one. So we get there and it stops raining. <laughs> it's like God just said, you know what? They're there. Pause it. And we go there and it was the first time I ever seen Tool. And I, I'm standing on the, we're on the lawn. I'm standing on the lawn, and I am rocking out. Push It's one of my favorite songs. He played it, and I started crying. Right. Um, they played a lot of, you know, they played 46 and 2. They played Ladder Austin. Awesome. They played um, Parable. And when they go up to, into that riff where it hits the hot, you know, I lost my shit. I lost my shit, and I was just like, you know, my mom is enjoying it. She's giving me drinks and everything, you know. Right. And this is the first time my mom had connected on music. Well, my mother is in, I had a record player before I had TV. So right. I was musically inclined my whole life. And there's a girl passing out. She was at the Tool fan club. She's passing out these stickers that said 100% Tool, Tool fan. Tool has a fan club? She, they had like a fan, like a... Like, you, you, like you, a mail order fan club? Well, I don't know if it was mail order, but she had like a... She had a thing on her on her chest that said... I didn't know that. A Tool fan, a Tool fan base. Or Tool really? Fan club. And this is before the internet was really big. This is when you can still like <laughs> go to Sears and buy your tickets. Right, you know? right. So, or Tower um, Records. Yeah. <laughs> I used to do that, wait in line at Tower Records. It was crazy. Days. She gives me a sticker, and I was like, "What's this?" And she goes, "I only have a hundred of these, and you're gonna be like, you're one out of, out of like probably five thousand people." And I remember they played um, Anemia, and right when he's like, "I'm begging for rain," everybody put their hands up in the air, and then just it just started sprinkling just a little bit, and then it stopped, and then he Maynard stops to show up to that song right before he played Parable, and he goes, "Art saves lives," and everybody's screaming. He's like, "No, no, you're not listening to me. I want you to actually hear me, Art." saves lives, it saves my life, it saves your life, it saves everybody's life. And he starts playing the song, and I'm starting to think about it. And he, they start the song, and there's these people hanging upside down, they're naked, and they're swinging back and forth, and my mom, are those naked people? And I was like, <laughs> they sure are. And it was the best time ever, and we go back to the hotel, and it's nothing but Tool fans. And when, we're, when we got there first, we didn't realize all these people were Tool fans. And they're just running up and down. I was like, here's the key, go have fun. I was like, she goes, don't get in trouble. Let's go have fun. I mean, I met some of the most amazing people in this town that I'll never, you know, two days later, 9-11 happened. Holy shit. And it was at that moment that I almost want to be like, he's psychic. Like, how did he know that the world would feel this, you know what I mean, this impending doom? And he, he made it a point to say, you're not listening to me. Listen to me. Art saves lives. And my mom to this day says that's one of the best moments of her entire life besides having me and my sister. Like, that's a moment where she... Got to see me in my rawest, you know, I'm an 18 years old, right. you know, whole, like know everything holier than thou. And um, that is, from that moment, I, I got to see my mom in her own persona. My mom, you know, with her, how she's right now, she just brought that up the other day, how that's like one of the few times that she felt that me and her connected, not as mother and daughter, but as two people, which is really hard when you, you know. Right. And seeing Tool for the first time under that scope, with that happening two days after, it, I mean, it, it was just pandemonium. And then going home and telling everybody what I saw and people being right. shut up because like I'm just going to see them next week, you know. Right. And 
I've never got to see them. I've seen them since then. I've never got to see them that raw. Right. I've never got to see them with that kind of weather. And, and I mean, it, right. it, it's just, and that forever lives in my, I mean, for my 18th birthday, you right. know, and, uh, my mom, I mean, and for my mother to, you know, a whole bunch of young people sitting around, I was like, I like the song Schism. Everybody, this is my mom, mom, this everybody, you know, she felt in tune to something that she felt as a kid when she went to saw Pink Floyd, when she went to saw Doobie Brothers, when she went to saw, you know, the Rolling Stones. Right. You know, um, the experience makes everything. And, it, and everything. it's so crazy that two days later is when that hit me. Who knows? You know, like you said, I could find somebody else that went to that concert and they may have seen it a totally different way or it's been in a totally different fashion right. that didn't even hit them like that, you mm-hmm. know? And the fact that Maynard is in so many other bands that have so many other prospects, you know, Pussifer and Perfect Circle, where he's a totally different persona, you know? Sure. But um, that was probably the, the best concert ever of my life. And, really? and that was probably 37 this year. That was, you know, and I've seen hundreds of thousands of concerts. In right. And you're in, you're in the live music industry or what it was, yeah. for sure. Yeah, what it was. It's so scary. For sure. I, I um, my first ACL ever, ACL festival was last year. I ended up working it and I managed to get one of my co-workers to switch wristbands with me on a day I wasn't working because they didn't give us wristbands anymore. Mm-hmm. You had to like, it, it was like you had a working pass and that was it. And whatever bands played the day you were working is what you would gather mm-hmm. with your nuts and your berries and you would right. forage through the field and hope that you get a glimpse of whatever. Um, I was not going to have that. I was like, no fucking way. Especially because one of the headliners was The Cure. And I was like, God damn it, I'll fucking go after every single one of you if I have to. And got my way. (laughs) And harassed all of my coworkers at the time and and made it in to see The Cure with 65,000 people. But I couldn't stop crying because I, The Cure was was a popular and prominent band uh, longer than I've been alive. So I was afraid that I would never get to see them mm-hmm. because of the age, right. because of, of, you know, kind of like all the, all the old school bands like Led Zeppelin, Grateful Dead. When we worked at ACL and Bob Weir played, I couldn't stop fucking crying, that dude. I just never thought it would, would happen, that I would live long enough to see bands that have shaped my whole life or they would live long enough for you that to see they would it. live long enough exactly rock stars living long enough for me to see them you know when he played bertha i just couldn't stop fucking crying you know and and bob Weir was there and i'm just like i don't want to do this anymore you know and having generations of people that have influenced me see them generations ago right. it's just such an incredible thing about live music you know, and time. seeing your mom being able to share that with you, Especially, it's a different generation from her. We were poor. We were poor. So for her to be able to, first of all, buy two tool tickets, which are expensive, and then travel, and then stay in a hotel. I mean, she spent probably the better half of of, of her whole year to pay on that. You know what I mean? And, sure. and to do that for me, and then have nine right. eleven happen. You know what I mean? Like it just it made it all. I don't want to say special because of course that wasn't special, but it made it all so much more prominent. You know, yeah, it yeah. stuck in my head as like you know um, that that somebody cared enough to do that, and that the the reward was having that moment with my mother. 
For sure. You know, and I probably have been thinking about more lately just because of of what's going on with her, but also because there is right now there's no you know, I mean Tool was supposed to play this year at Bonnaroo. Dude, the Bonnaroo lineup this year was ridiculous. It was Tool, it was Lizzo, it was Team Impala. Right. And I mean it, it, I say that's what broke it. That's what did it right there. Like the world just couldn't take that much talent, that much music, that much positive influence energy <laughs> umph at one place at one time, especially in Manchester, Tennessee, which is a very magical place and I think it just broke the world. The world just said, Err! Hold up a minute. Yep. Regents Machine coming back out this year. I had tickets for them in Cleveland. And that, with everything that's going on with all of these things we're finding out with our government and the governments around the world, I mean, I, I just think the world just said, hold on a minute, we're getting too much at one place. I, you know, tone it back a little bit, you know what I mean? Um, because there's only so much that we can take as people. And, there's a, you know, we can take as much influence and inspiration we want, but what what can we do with an, over, you know, with an overloaded pocket, you know, of, of, of uh, right and wrong, you know, right. love and hate. You know, it's easy for us to be in the gray area, but when you have a direction you're supposed to go and you know it, right? You know, but you, I'm not a morning person. It's kind of like ah, I got to get up and do this. You know, um, I felt that way when I saw Willie Nelson for the first time at ACL Live. I what know was it? Willie Nelson. Wow. First time I saw him, I wasn't ready for it. I was like, oh, it's Willie Nelson. And I had, I, had, my grandfather listened to him. And I'm from Podunk, Ohio. Seeing right. him in our venue, played Blue Eyes Clown in the Rain. I lost my shit. Did you? I started crying. I looked at, I, I, I think it was Mia that was working the door with me, the first set of doors on the main floor. Uh-huh. I said, I, I got to go. And she was, no, no, go in there and watch the show. I got it. And she, I went behind the mix and I stood there and I just bawled my eyes out because he is somebody who has transformed time and space. He's the same. I mean, he, people say he used to be a butthead, you know, an asshole. Right. But he, he plays that song to you and you just melt. Whether you listen to hip hop, whether you listen to rock, whether you listen to punk. Right. Willie Nelson is like the real thing. And he played Blue Eyes Cry in the Rain and I Oh, because I have blue eyes, so it's right. just like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're like, you're trying to like right. cry, and you just ugly cry, <laughs> and he's looking, right. like, okay? like, you know, <laughs> and I, I called my mom, because I used to call my mom when, when shows would be happening, I'd say, hey mom, listen, and she'd listen, oh, that's oh cool. I hate you, why, you know, like, oh, we can't right. you there, um, with Willie Nelson, she, she got on, and she goes, did you cry, and I said, yeah, she goes, you know, because, Blue my mother has blue eyes too, and that was my grandpa's song to my mom, right, and eventually it's me, and, uh, and uh, she she was like, did you cry? And I was like, yeah. She goes, your papa would have been proud. Because my, my grandpa, westerns and cowboys, and that was him, you know, all the way. My grandma, too. So seeing Willie Nelson for the first time, it took me. And then seeing him hundreds of times afterwards, each time. And then his son, Lucas, is just amazing. And very... Willie the, Nelson's son, Lucas? Yeah. yeah. Um, I've, I've worked a couple stages for him. And he came up to us at Utopia Fest, which is a small festival they have in Utopia, Texas. Well, they used to have Utopia, Texas. Now they have in Burnett. To, they moved it so that they could... Uh, have more people yeah I worked his stage and I went up to him and we were unloading his stuff and he turns around and he comes up to me he goes hey I just want to say thank you very much what's your name I said Amanda he goes <laughs> he goes I'm Lucas Nelson like I didn't know who he was handsome as all get up would stop anytime anyone talked to him would stop and talk right. to him just rock star biggest you know huge persona huge right family royalty name, yeah and would just talk to anybody and just the sweetest nicest guy that's awesome and it's like he said his, his dad told him when he's kid he's gonna get three rules in life don't be an asshole don't be an asshole don't be an asshole that's just the three <laughs> words he's like don't be an asshole way to be you know because yeah. you never know and it was just like and he hugged me and when he walked away my the guy travis who's running the stage looked at me he goes how's that i was like let's get those boxes off the stage like you know what i mean right it's just in all you know the the acknowledge the little people you know what i mean right um, and that's it. That, that's going back to that sense of community, right? You know, uh, I've seen roadies get T-shirts and get to meet Metallica after they played ACL. 
they gave them all you know roadie t-shirts and and said thank you to all of them and one of my guys that i know biggest heart ever he had to walk away because he got teared up because he loves metallica, metallica. I get that. and he got to be you know they had that center stage in the middle he got to be on the outside of it right and he, his girlfriend's pictures of him just like lars over him and he's just like this <laughs> like you know right. like protecting this man oh for you know, sure and it's crazy when you see that kind of meltdown on some of the strongest people you know right something else i know that does that but music mm-hmm. you know do you think you're more immune to the rock star thing since you're around it so much where it's like the 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 fanboy fangirl or it depends on the artist both because i can keep it in i'm really good at hiding it and then like <laughs> holding my like when robert plant played at the venue oh he man was backstage, i couldn't he I went by and thanked everybody and i was just standing there because i right. went to the show and i was standing there next to the, the guy I was standing at the time and he patted me on the head didn't realize that I wasn't working and you know he was having a good time right and when he walked away I went Phew. and my, my guy <laughs> next to me he's like what happened I was like I was holding my breath like because I couldn't like fucking plant like, yeah you that's know, like, fucking Robert Plant that's like, Led Zeppelin like it's that's, just that's uh, yeah right that's and, Robert Plant but you know I think also they, they're just regular people right you know I mean I play guitar and, and I like to sing and stuff too they're just somebody who at that time had a voice that needed to be heard right. and I feel the better you know I hate hearing I hate hearing stories about how people are how some celebrities are how they're very cold or they're very you know oh this is the way I it's want it bum. it's a bummer and then I, I love finding out people who get a bad rap are actually completely different than that you know um, that they don't that they're they're just very it's, prof- it's their job Jack White, when you were at Bonnaroo, made it his point to say that that's his job. His job is to get up there and entertain. That's why he has his staff, his, his guys, wear suits. Right. Because that's my job. He's like, that is my job. That is my job. And I, so I take it seriously. And I, right. for the first time, I was like, that's amazing. Because he, no, I never thought about it like that. Like, that's that's your profession. That's your profession. The you are a professional. The doctor's office in jeans and a t-shirt. You're like, um, who are you? You're right. not doing surgery on me. But he, he takes it very seriously. Some people do. Right. Some people you know, they get drunk every night and do drugs and, and you know, are late to their gigs. Peel out all day. Right. You know? And so, for me, it really, I mean, if I ever met James Maynard Keenan from Tool, I'd probably, I'd probably throw up. I'd be, you I'd probably be so would nervous. throw up, right. Michael Stipe from R.E.M. Mm-hmm. I would lose my shit. If I met Michael <laughs> Stipe, R.E.M. has gotten me through so much. And they're like considerably obsolete in pop culture right now. I don't fucking care. I would bet. That is the only band in modern times that I know of. Especially being in lockdown in my house for months. Where I can listen to a large amount of their albums front to back without fast forwarding without changing it's almost like i'm breathing in new air yep that's it for sure and he's a he's also a philanthropist he's also very active in different organizations Mm -hmm. he's just a person that i would i wouldn't i don't know if i want to talk to him about music i think i'd want to talk to him about him oh my god michael what are you doing like we're best like what are you doing michael what have you been up to you know um and when you watch the uh mtv unplugged of him it's just he's the same he's the same person he's always been right he's just been there's been times when he's been really amplified and times when he's been like i'm gonna make music because i want to right you know and you're right uh, i can say when i think about all of their albums including the first one there's there's maybe two songs and if i would skip it it's just because i want to come back to it or i hear that a lot on the radio i want to hear the songs that i don't get to hear it's not because i don't like the song and that's weird because there's not a lot of bands you can do that with no. you know um 
Not at all. Tool maybe is another one, but and and honestly, a lot of people may say it's Nirvana. Nirvana. I can listen to Nirvana's albums all the room usually and not have an issue. Bleach with it. is such an amazing album. I feel like it gets put under the rug because of punk. in utero and everything well, else. It's more punk than grunge. And yeah, you, you know, and it's, it, like, it's like. Man, talk about rage music. If you put fucking bleach on and you happen to be near an entire China cabinet, just flip the whole fucking thing. Like, like really, just just put the whole thing out on the curb. <laughs> like, just whoop-ham! And there was also, like, right, right when the whole grunge scene kind of came to be, too, the Pearl Jam, Sonic right. Youth, you know, uh, T- Temple of the Dog. Love you know. Sonic Youth. Oh, God. Um, that whole, you know, and I, and I'm, when I look back, I'm like, what was our, you know, what, what was our comeuppance? You know, we've got, you've got the, the sixties and seventies was like the psychedelic rock, the, the, the political, you know, machine a little bit in the eighties. You've got the, uh, the electric pop-ish kind of stuff, you know, what, like synth? Yeah, like Flock of Seagulls, like in the 80s. You know, everything could be a montage song, pretty much, you know. Right, I love that. The 90s, you got grunge and the new metal, and then the 2000s, it... (laughs) The new metal. Pop, but... but The corn. Yes. The corn with with the K. Yeah. Shit was great. I went to Family Values. That was fun. I didn't get to go to that. Oh, my God, it's a zoo. It's a zoo. Because a lot of the... uh, At the time that Family Values was popular... So were energy drinks. So they sponsored a lot of the festivals, like the Family Values Tour and stuff like that. And you would just get free energy drinks. They would just hand them to you because of the promo. And you'd be sitting there shitting pretty because you've had more caffeine than you've ever had in your entire life. It's a diuretic. And then corn is yelling at you. So you're just like, ah! That's right. Oh my God, the Deftones! Uh, oh my God. First of all, the Deftones are incredible. Chino's great. He's um. I'm Chino's unbelievable. I met him when he was riding a bike through the East Village. Really? Yeah, in New York City, and I had like a mouthful of dumplings in my mouth, and I'm like the most unapologetic Deftones fan. I was like, Hey, hey! <laughs> and he's like, I'm like spilling out the dumplings and he's like hey man what's up i'm like i need you to understand what you've done for me (laughs) and he was like what and i was like what your music has done to keep me believing in myself is unbelievable and he's like lore that's and i told him my name was lauren and he was like lore that's so good like keep keep doing what you're doing and he was just like genuinely thrilled to hear that people like his music and that never gets old man yeah. it's, you, you think that they ever like not 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 get tired of hearing it but do you think they're ever like you know whatever you know what i mean like you think they're ever, i never want to think that musicians are like oh sure i saved your life and all these other people i think that to them that keeps them going i think the so moment too. that they realize they're not stoking somebody's fire right and they don't then the, the, the in the fire you know what i mean like if, if you went if you were a musician and you had a show and nobody showed up Right. But one person did, and they were like, that was all I needed. Would that be enough to fuel you? And I want to say, yeah, because look at how, how inspirational music can be. But at the end, like, do you ever think they're like, oh, yeah, I helped you. Cool, there you go. Oh, right. I helped you too? There you go. It's you know. Pate. But I guess it would depend on the artist. Like, do they ever get, like, a big head about themselves? You yeah. know what I mean? Or do they think that they, basically, their shit don't stink and they don't need 
the fans, you know, like what's his name that, uh, what's his name from, he hates having his photo taken, I, I can't think of his name. From what? Uh, I'm trying to remember, the guy that wanted um, French onion soup for Fun Fun Fun, who am I thinking of? Uh, French onion soup. Yeah, he ordered French onion soup and he, uh, what's his name, what's his name, what's his name? Can me nuts. I cannot think of who, my mind just drew a blank. Anyways, he's, um, he is a, a musician who doesn't like his picture being taken and throws a fit rather often. What is his name? Anyways, um, he's kind of like Diana Ross's. Like, she is very... When she walks from the front of the stage to or from the back of the house to the front of the stage, you cannot look, you're not allowed to look at her. You can't what? Look at her. You can't look at her. Nope. It's a rule of hers. That she used to have. I don't know if she has anymore, but she... If you were to look... If you were look, caught looking at her as a security guard or a production hand... They, they would remove you from where she walked. She was very, um, uh, I don't want to say cautious, but she didn't want people to see the age. She didn't want to see people see, right. you know what I mean? Very self-conscious. But also, like, that's kind of cool to be like, if you're looking at me, I'd be like, look at me. I'm like a Diana Boss, you know, we right. call her Diana the Boss Ross. That's what I call her. Because when she says do it, it gets done. Right. You know? but, the Boss Ross, for sure. You know? But then you got people like Aretha Franklin, who I got to see ACL Live before she passed. No you shit. You this woman singing her hour. She stops. You know, no air conditioning, though. No, I know remember, that rule. Remember when she took I her. I remember that rule. She took her shoes off. She's yeah. standing by the piano. She's like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna be all along. I'm taking my shoes off. She took her shoes off, and then she started skirting across the stage, like, you know. Right. Like a grandma. And, remember that. Oh, it was just like people are like dying. Dying. Because like, of the no air conditioning. She's no air conditioning on. They're like, oh, all right. That's her requirement. Like, I tell you, it was Aretha On was her like, rider. <laughs> it's, yeah. um, you know, people will accept it. You know, when people, when people, I mean, you know this, when you're in a venue and something, the artist wants something and you tell people artists request, they don't want their pictures taken. Artists request, you know, Ryan Adams, for instance, he can't have flashes in his face uh, for photography. Ryan Adams or Brian Adams? Ryan. 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 Mm -hmm. He doesn't, so as a, as a rule, we ask people and they will genuinely, who wants to piss off the artist that they're seeing? Nobody. Right. You know, who wants to be called out as, the, as a schmuck who couldn't put his camp, you know, nobody. Right. And, Neutral Milk Hotel played ACL Live. We had to tell people put their phones away, and a lot of them thanked us. Right. Because they also don't want to look through somebody else's phone, you know? And that's another thing, like, think of when we went to concerts when we were younger. Right. And now. Oh, now it's a different... Oh, my God. It's just because you did it, it... Now it's like, I have to... Pictures or it didn't happen. Huh? Pictures or it didn't happen. You know, yeah. if you don't have pictures, then you weren't really there. Right. But I do it, like, if I take video, it's four to five seconds. That's it. Oh, yeah, if I dude. take a photo, boom. I don't, I can't. Right. I don't understand it. Right. I don't get it. And I think that's one of the greatest things about being short. <laughs> I can just, like, go through all that bullshit. Like, whenever you see some asshole recording a whole show that you paid money to go to, to experience in a live spectrum that you will probably never get to do again. Especially now. To have it on your phone. What if the phone shits the bed? What if you drop it in the toilet, you fucking ding dong? What if the rice bag doesn't work? So anyhow, I know how to spot a sucker when I see one. So I just literally, like whoever's working the hardest to steady their hand, I just go around them and make sure I'm like perfectly in front of it. Um, A, because I'm short. There's no way they're going to... No. And B, I can just like Maneuver. kind of like butt scoop my way in between them, and that's it. And that's what I'll do. <laughs> and they're like, you weren't you were using the space anyways, right? Your arms up. I can stand right here, right? Right. And for me, the tall person, I will let smaller people in front of me, 
Right. But I'm also probably the last two years I stopped that I used to crowd surf. Throw me up and throw me over. And I would never do it where I was gonna hurt somebody. Right. And I remember one time me and my friend went to a show, it was like anthrax and right. oh god, it was like a whole list and we kept going and going and my security guys were catching me. Right. And I thought I was going to get in trouble, and the head of the security was like, they love it. And I was like, who? And he's like, the guards, you're keeping them. Because the crowd was really not active, but active. And right. so it made the, I feel it made the band be like, hell yeah. You know, because it, it makes them feel young. Right. You know, Anthrax is on stage right. and nobody's crowd surfing. You're like, what the fuck happened to us? Right. Like, it's, it's weird now. Like, I, I, I graduated high school in 2005. I'm going to go eat my shorts now. Whatever. I can edit this out on the podcast, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. So anyhow, in 2005 to like 2009, those couple years, I don't want to say they did a ban on crowd surfing, but it's really this like not okay mm-hmm. thing, especially now Yeah. because of liability and I... I I'm not going to blame the internet, but I think that, like, a lot of it is because now, um, with the internet, people can find more things to get in trouble about. Yes. You and, know? And Especially from a legal standpoint. And people will do what they... I don't want to say people are making it up, but if, if you crowd surf, people are touching you. Right. Get used to it. And if somebody is in tr- gets in trouble for it, right. you know, oh, this guard handled me wrong. And it's like, right, right he had to get you off people. Or, you know, um, uh, this person touched me inappropriately while you were crowd surfing on a bunch of people. Where do, do you want them to grab you? You know, at, at, right. at Bonnaroo, we, one time after working Tame Impala, um, which was insane, it was the year their first album came out and it was just nuts. Matt and Kim came on, right? And they enti- they tell people to crowd surf. So we have a line of people in the barricade, uh, waiting, uh, waiting to catch right. them. And the the patrons, oh my god, the patrons were so amazing. Though, see, when you have somebody coming towards you and you can't see because of the flow of people, right? We point, so everybody knows when there's somebody coming because you want to get up there, get oh them down. Oh my god, that's awesome. The patrons started to point when they would know somebody was coming from the very back where we can't see. They'd right. say, "Here they come," and we would see them. And it was like, okay, goosebumps. And it was like they were helping us because they didn't that. care, but they knew that it was part. And Matt and Kim were like, we want to see you guys on top of each other, right. fucking as you come down. The- and we're all like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Matt and Kim, like really? You know, I want to see, you know, because it's 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 it's, right. um, it's a it's a festival. If we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it together. Right. We're all gonna jump in, or none of us are gonna jump in. And right. like, I have goosebumps. And they um, they're pointing them out to us, and they would help us. They would turn. We would say, turn them around. What year of Bonnaroo was this? That was two thousand and. Uh, 11 or 12? 2011 or 12. Yep. And you've done every Bonnaroo since 2011 or 12? I didn't do last year. Um, I wanted to, but I had job prospects that wanted me to uh, go through tests and drug screening and stuff, and I couldn't. It was the same week that we left, so I didn't go last year, but I went every single year since 2011. No shit. Yep. The wow. One, one year I've I saw never been. Radiohead three times. <gasps> I saw Radiohead when they played here at the Frank Orange by myself. No. Next to the mix, it's the only concert I've ever went to by myself. I cried. It was King of Limbs came out. I then I saw them at the taping. No. At the ACL taping, um, which uh, you know, uh, you know how that goes. Once, once they're on, uh, we have to man the doors. Right. The volunteer let me go in for the first two songs. Oh, I freaked, right. and then I saw them at Bonnaroo because I worked it. They played the main stage. Um, we're talking 100,000, 80,000 to 90,000 people. He played um, the ghost. Uh, Give up the ghost. Right. You could hear a pin drop. 
I mean, we're standing next to people, and all of a sudden, this guy, probably God. 500 feet from 500 feet from the stage, yells, "Thank you for making my dreams come true!" And everybody heard him. Oh my and God! And you just crying. It was just. It was. It. 2012. That was 2012. 2012. Yeah, I remember. Shit. I wait. I waited two and a half hours. I got in queue to get the ticket to Frank Irwin, and I paid 100 bucks for mine. And the lady next to me bought them on StubHub, and she paid 200 dollars a piece for it. And you were right next e to the mix, so you know that Yikes. the sound was amazing. Right. And our half of Frank Irwin's standing, and the other half isn't. And we're yelling at the other side to stand up. And it was the only show I've ever seen with Frank Irwin. It was wow. amazing. Um, I get out and the guy I was saying at the time picks me up and I was like, I cheated on you. And he goes, what? I said, me and Tommy York, we had a thing. He goes, babe. <laughs> no, you didn't. I said, yeah, we did. We connected. He was singing to me. He goes, he was singing to you and everybody. I said, no, he was singing to me. Because I was standing <laughs> up. I had like this bright pink shirt on next to the mix. I mean, because every time he looks at the mix, he's going to see this bright pink shirt standing right next right. to the mix. And I'm just, oh my goodness. It was amazing. Oh it was my amazing. God. So and Frank Irwin is the stadium in Austin, it's the, right? It's, yeah. It's, it's the UT Stadium. Mm -hmm, where they do graduation And that's stuff. different from the Palmer Center, yeah? Yeah. I've never okay. been to the Palmer Center, but I've heard it's... The acoustics... I've heard different things. It, it depends on the music that's being played. Uh, yeah. The acoustic can be good or bad. Right. Um, but for Radiohead, it was it was epic. It was oh, amazing. Um, that's awesome. And the staff is really nice there. You know what I mean? They're very helpful for being... Right. Um stadium seating whereas you know festivals are kind of like ah, you choose your battles right i guess but yeah radiohead three times in a year my god dude i saw um the i saw jawbreaker at the palmer center the first time they came back wow and it was like insane it was it was insane and it was fucking insane because it was outside because they had sold out in 10 minutes. Because it was like their first time back in like 20 years. Mm -hmm. I remember they that. sold back. I saw them twice after that. I'm a big Jawbreaker fan. And my friend and her boyfriend are also big Jawbreaker fans. And they were like, yo, we've got an extra ticket. Do you want to go? I was like, absolutely. Goddamn, do I want to go? This is crazy. And the sound wasn't that great, mainly because they're not really equipped for that type of outdoor right. scenario sound wise was it vocals or was it like the it, they played in this weird like indoor outdoor tent like it was like half a stage but half not a stage and it was like this giant outdoor barricade and it's next to that concrete palmer center podium okay. so it kept bouncing off the podium Mm. And it was like very, very lopsided, but the experience was insane. Yeah. Because it was like one of the biggest capacity punk shows in Austin history. Probably, yeah. And you saw the whole Austin skyline to your right. Yeah. And then you saw the entire Palmer Center with its multicolor columns with the lighting bouncing off of the concrete mm -hmm. on your left, the moon behind you, and you're on a hill, and it's almost like a Greek theater. Mm -hmm. You know, I constantly mention the Greek theater on this podcast. And you just slide down the hill closer and closer to Jawbreaker, and they play Boxcar, and you're like 
you know, Kill 16 now, again. Yeah. <laughs> and you just want to like chew your foot off because you don't know what's better, the view or the experience. You're just, oh God. And it was thousands of people. It was a lot of fucking yeah, people. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. It was nuts. And then I went and saw them at uh, ACL after that, the year, I think like six months to the day mm -hmm. after. And it was fantastic. At a ball. It's, um, it's great. I hope that that essence that I hope that when it when it comes back, cause it's gonna come back. You can't. You know, music is like the, the disease that we all love and want and have to have. Right. I hope when it comes back, it's not. Since we're all back from Corona, since we all came out of our, you know, I hope that they are able to put it to rest, let it rest, and say, you know, like Lazarus rising from the dead. Like right. let's let's all come back to For not that. normal because we can't. Mm -hmm. But let's come out of that and let that be what it is because a lot of people have died, a lot of people are suffering, and and I think that if you bring that home with you to music it's going to taint that a little i feel Absolutely. that way you know i, I mean, feel I, that way too we're all we all know what's going on nobody nobody lives under a rock anymore for and sure you you know it's like saying i have this cure for you for you i have a cure for your your ailment but i gotta remind you of your ailment no no, no right. just give me the damn cure. or something <laughs> you, you know? know and like we need the community and i i think that we're social creatures it's, it's everything it's stifling to us it's, it's like air i right. mean i looked at my boyfriend the other day and i go you're my best friend right now and he goes Okay. He just okay. say that with such discourse. I was like, right. I know, but, right. I, like, you right. but you know, like, For I, real. I can't. You know, it, it, you have this whole middle of the road. You know, I shouldn't have to wear my mask. I do. I, I'm, you know, a frontline worker. I, all of right. these things. Were, were, it's like a whole new cat, a whole new tier of like. Instead of it being like upper class, elite, middle class, you know, right. hipster. Now it's, it's like just every man for himself, oh, which is like, shitty. But. Human? The beautiful thing is that we've had you on the podcast, Loud is Love, and we got to talk about things that matter and things that are important. So I wanted to thank you for being here, Amanda. Obviously, and I'm thrilled. It was a great time, and I love talking shit like this, so you are, you are welcome back on the show anytime. It was fun. I haven't had a conversation like this in a long time. Yeah, same. <laughs> same. This is Lauren Darcy with Loud is Love. This is my friend Amanda, and we'll, we'll see you next time.